This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, I am your host, Brian Petrie. This one almost didn't happen, folks. I, I sent out a, a tweet on the Twitters that uh, this almost didn't happen. Um, I had some real life stuff going on. I'm not going to get into it. Was going to have a guest. Every time I, I, I preempt something about having a guest, um, it always goes to shit. So you think I'm like lying. It was a, it was a guy who reached out to me months ago. Uh, huge MMA fan, listener of the show, wanted to come on, wanted to pick this card because this card is absolutely insane. Unfortunately, I we were going to record on Wednesday. I had some stuff going on. Couldn't record yesterday. I'm recording now uh, earlier in the morning. Um, he lives three hours in a different time zone, three hours behind me. He's a West Coast guy. So, uh, you know, he's got a job. So, you know, he's not getting paid to come on the show. So we couldn't make it work for this one. But I was going to release Instagram pics. I was going to do the Twitter thing. We'll release my pics on Twitter. But I, I take this seriously. This is my job. This is what I do. I got to provide content for you guys. I got to bring the noise and with time permitting the funk. I have to, I, I just got to bring noise. I got to let you guys know that, uh, I'm here for you when you need me. Uh, I'm still going to do the Instagram thing in case you don't want to listen to this, but I, I, this is one of my favorite things to do is do the podcast, do the pick on podcast. It's always so much fun. Um, you know, I break down fights and it helps me win money because it, you know, opens my mind up when I'm sitting there breaking down fights. It, it, It benefits me. Hopefully it benefits you without further ado. We'll get right into it. First fight of the night, Paul, Paulina, Viana versus Hannah Seffers, Cyphers, Cyphers maybe. Paulina is 10 and 2. She's a minus 300 favorite, and Seffers is 6 and 3 at a plus 230. I'll make this one short and sweet. Piana, Pilana, Viana, the Brazilian buzzsaw. I don't know if that's her nickname, but she destroyed some guy that tried to mug her in Brazil. I'm not betting against this girl, right? I, but in all seriousness, I do think she has some talent. Um, uh, minus 300 is a little hefty for her because uh, Hannah Schefter says has a. Nice little game as well to her. But, yeah, I'm going Paulina for sure. Um, probably a stoppage win. I'm probably gonna, I wouldn't bet any props of this being a stoppage with Paulina by uh, by a wide margin there. Uh, boom. Okay. So, uh, the Marlon Vera and the um, Frankie Signs fight got scrapped. Marlon Vera got sick, couldn't cut the weight. Frankie Signs was a nice little underdog uh, number next to his name. I thought he had that. Uh, I thought we, we thought we we're going to hear the underdog tone. I thought I was going to play it, but unfortunately, um, yeah, that's not going to happen. That fight's not happening. He got scrapped. So now we're down to twelve fights. Gina Manzani, who is five and two, she is a plus three twenty five underdog. She is fighting Macy Shizan, Shizan, Shizan. Uh, Ultimate Fighter winner, she is 3-0 and at a minus 450 favorite. Heavy favorite on M- Macy, heavy favorite on Macy. I like it. I like her game at 145. She's a true 145-er. She's legit. She's tough. She buzzsaw through the house. I said buzzsaw twice this episode. What the fuck? Um, I like Macy a lot. I think, you know, I think she's she's got some big things for her at 145. Um, you know, Cyborg's a little up in the air. Amanda Nunes isn't interested at 145. I think within maybe three or four fights, you could see Macy maybe, you know, getting a number one contender spot or even fighting at uh, or for the title being the champion. If she has future champion written all over. I know that's a steep price at minus 450. Probably avoid betting it. I don't think I'd go anywhere near this fight. It is a woman's fight. Gina Mazzani is very, very tough. 
she could easily win this fight, but I think Macy's just all around, just too long, too big, too good at everything. I like Macy a lot in that fight. Next up, we got Charles Bird. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Charles Bird, who is 10-5, and five, who is a plus 105 underdog, fighting Edmund Shabazian, one of my favorite last names to say, Shabazian, who is 8-0. He's a minus 135 favorite. Edmund impressed me on the contender series, then really let me down when he fought Darian Stewart. He just wrestled the whole time. He's afraid of the stand-up. Well, he's fighting a guy who Darian Stewart knocked out, who is a wrestler. Charles Bird is a, a little more well-rounded. A little, he's shorter. Edmund, uh, Edmund, who is trained by Edmund Shabazian, is is a little bit taller, has some power, but gas in his last fight. I didn't like his approach to the fight. I mean, I I like mixing it up, but I mean, you just literally were laying and praying and just bagging and 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 just getting lucky on the takedowns and some of the scrambles. Darren Stewart should have won that fight. Darren Stewart hit this, hit Shabazian with some big big shots. Nothing really happened on that end. I like Charles Burr. That's right. First underdog in the night. I like Charles Bird. I think Charles Bird's going to dictate the pace. I don't think this fight's going to be all that great. Shabazzian can catch him uh, for sure, uh, but I like I like Bird a lot as the underdog here. Um, I think there's some real good money to be made on Charles Bird, and uh, I think he can out-wrestle Shabazzian, even though Shabazzian showed some decent grappling. He's got okay skills on the mat. I just think Charles Bird's going to be a little more well-rounded, and he, when he was dominating the Darren uh, Stewart fight. Just got caught, so I don't think he'll get caught this fight. Next up, we have Diego the Nightmare Sanchez, who is 28 and 11. He is a plus 215 underdog. He's fighting Mickey. You're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey Gall, who is 6 and 1, 5 and 1, who is a, a minus 275 favorite. Sorry, I printed these off. My color ran out, so it's in black and white. My eyesight, uh, my eye, maybe I should put the glasses on, right? I got glasses here. I don't wear them. My wife wants me to wear them all the time. I don't wear them that much. But I do technically need them. All right, here you go. Whoa. All right. We can see. Oh, it's giving me a headache a little bit. All right. So Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. Um, a lot of people. Listen, I'm recording this late. This is a Friday. I usually record on Wednesday. I've heard everyone's picks. A lot of people love Diego as the underdog here. I can see why. Mickey Gall got taken down and got out grappled by Randy Brown. Randy Brown's a big, big 170, um, good grappler uh, and everything like that. Diego's last fight he won, he became more of a grappler again. He's not this crazy, well, he still is crazy. He's still screaming in your face, but, you know, Diego Sanchez, the old, would just, you know, sprawl and brawl and and banging out with anybody and really fell in love with his hands for a while. I think since his chin is kind of deteriorating, he's going back to what got him there. I mean, Diego Sanchez... When he won the Ultimate Fighter and won his first couple fights in UFC, he was the grappler. He had really good wrestling and 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 had really good positioning as well. He's heavy on top, good submission skills. He's fighting Mickey Gall, who's considered a grappler as well. Um, however, he looked like he did nothing to Randy Brown on the ground. Randy Brown basically dominated him from the get-go. I like Mickey Gall a lot. Um, Diego's got a nice number next to his name. But Mickey has made some changes. He's a young kid. He went out to California now. He's training out there in L.A. He's not out east at a small gym. He's making the improvements. He knows what Diego has to do. I think he's going to make the necessary adjustments. I do not think he's going to submit Diego. That's crazy. I think that he's going to be able to stop Diego's takedowns. I don't think Diego's cardio is what it was once was. I think Mickey's actually going to catch Diego with some kind of puncher or, or, or looping hand, a big haymaker. He's going to catch Diego and, and maybe finish that fight that way. Um, I like Mickey Gall as the favorite. I would not bet Mickey Gall. However, if you're playing the number and not the fighter, if you're looking at this as an analytical standpoint, I would bet 
If you're trying to make money, you could bet Diego, take the fucking risk, take the chance. However, for my official pick, I'm going Mickey Gall. I think Mickey Gall is going to um, not surprise people because people do expect a lot for him. But I, I, I just, I just a lot. It scares me too many people around Diego, right? I don't like that underdog pick. Um, I, I don't like that many people on Diego. So I'm picking Mickey Gall. But like I said, there's some there's some money to be made with Diego if you want to take that rant. Risk. Rants? What's a rant? Next up, I'm trying to cruise through this. I, I have limited time here. Alejandro Perez, who is 21 and 6. He's a plus 160 favorite. He is fighting Cody Staneman, who is 17 and 2, who's a minus 200 favorite. Um, I might have said Alejandro was a favorite. He's the underdog. If I, I mean, we can get next up here. Uh, Alejandro Perez, very, very tough guy coming off the Ultimate Fighter. Not coming right off the Ultimate Fighter, but off the Ultimate Fighter. Never overwhelmed with a lot of his skills. I'm being completely honest with you. He's very good at everything. Good records. Fought some good guys. Cody Stamen's a tough out for anybody. Cody Stamen is a great, great wrestler. He's hard to look good against. Uh, Perez is, is not the most elite grapplers in the world. There's a nice number next to his name at plus 160 because I think Cody Stamen sometimes... You know, he's dominant in the first round, then he kind of takes a couple rounds off, or you know, there's some there's some moments to be made in, in a Cody Stamen fight. But I do like Cody to win a decision. I you know, plus two hundred, or excuse me, minus two hundred is is an okay name. I mean, he's two to one. Uh you never really know what you're gonna get with the judges because I, I don't think this is gonna, you know, if 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 you're gonna prop bet prop, this fight will go to the distance. I can assure you that it will be a decision. Next up, we got Misha Serkinov, who was 14-4, and four, who's a plus 110 underdog versus Johnny Walker, who was 16-3 at a minus 140 favorite. Another one, a lot of people are high on Johnny Walker. This is a quick turnaround for him. I'm high on Johnny Walker. I don't like the guy's personality, although I've been watching a lot of the anatomy of a fighter this week, and he's been in kind of some of the clips. He's like a good guy. He's a goofy guy and stuff like that, but you need stars in that division. He's got two really quick knockouts uh, so far in the UFC. He took this fight on short notice against a guy who's a big, strong grappler. However, that big, strong grappler has a pretty weak chin. He's been caught before. I think he's going to get caught again. There's more answers. That, you know, there's more questions that Johnny Walker needs to answer, right? This fight can answer a lot of those. I think if he proves that he doesn't, you know, he can go two, three rounds with a durable guy or go two, three, two hard rounds of getting grappled and then still have your knockout power. That's really important. A lot of people are on Serkinov as well. Kenny Florian, who I usually agree with on most of the picks on Monday, he picked Serkinov the win as an upset. Um, so did the guest picker. Uh, I, I do not think that's the case. I think Johnny Walker is going to come out. I think he's going he's to light Vegas up a little bit. I think he's going to be, be a little too crazy and catch Serkinov. I think he's, he's going to be okay on the ground. I think, his takedown defense is, is going to hold up at least enough for him to catch Serkinov. I think Serkinov's chin is is the bigger issue as, as far as Johnny Walker's ground game. So, Johnny Walker at minus 140, I think that's a good buy. I would definitely buy that uh, buy that number. Uh, he might be going up. He might be going down. I have a cube computer in front of me, so why don't we take a look? Johnny Walker, okay, minus 155. So, he's, he's slightly getting up there a little bit. Um, as a favorite, but I mean, all across the board, it's, it's basically the same minus 140, minus 155. I like Johnny Walker in that fight. Uh, one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most is Jeremy Stevens, who is 28 and 15. He's a plus 195 underdog versus Zabip Magomed Sharipov, who is a minus 250 favorite. He is 16 and one. A lot of people love Zabip. I love Jeremy. I praised Jeremy in the last podcast for coming out talking about 
some of the problems he's had with mental health and where he was at. I mean, it's a nice little look back in the curtain to let, you know, let people know that people are human and they, and they deal with certain things a certain way. And, you know, Jeremy Stevens, it uh, seems like a pretty upbeat guy. You know, he's, he's a killer in the cage, but I've seen videos of him outside the cage. He looks great. So I really like that. He stepped up and said that, you know, it, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do for sure. But, but now we're talking about fighting. Jeremy's got a fucking cannon on both hands. He looked good against Aldo until he got clipped to the body. I don't think there's any shame in that loss. Aldo's, you know, been on a tear, but he looked good in that. Um, he's been he's been real, uh, you know. He Zabib's easy to hit. At least he's been easy to hit. I don't think Zabib's gonna have much luck getting Jeremy Stevens down. I don't think those clinch takedowns or anything's really gonna work for Zabib. Zabib's apparently, I mean, a phenom, right? He lacks a little bit of power, right? And he gets hit quite a bit. A lot of people are interested in Jeremy Stevens this fight. I can understand why. I get it. However, I think Zabib's the real deal. I think the guy's smooth on the feet. I think he's smooth on the ground. I've seen him training. I've seen him fighting, obviously. We all have. He's got something about him where he's smooth. I think he's going to be able to get out of Jeremy. I think he knows what Jeremy wants to do. I think he's going to fight a smart fight. I think he's going to come out. And he's going to avoid some of these big shots with Jeremy. He's going to pick Jeremy apart on the outside like Max Holloway did. And he's probably going to win a decision. I don't think he's got the power to stop Jeremy. I think it's going to be a frustrating night for Jeremy. I think Mark Henry and those guys are, are playing Matador right now. They're going to they're telling Zabib to hit and get away, hit, get away, hit, get away. Jeremy Stevens probably knows that. He's obviously mixed in a lot of great leg kicks in his, in his most recent fights and whatnot. But I like Zabib in this fight. He's a big favorite, minus 250. Uh, I don't like the number, if I'm being honest with you. And as I'm looking at uh, Odd Shark right now, he's, he's ballooned up to minus 270. Jeremy Stevens has got a great number next to his name. He's motivated. He's coming back. He's got crazy power. He's been in the UFC forever. I think, I think this is his 30th UFC fight. I think he's 15 and 14 overall. Um, man, I tell you what, I, I, I like Jeremy's number for sure, but I'm picking Zabib. Come Saturday night, though, I wouldn't be surprised if I do an underdog parlay and Jeremy Stevens is the first name I pick. All right, so we're going to the main card here. I mean, I'm so fucking excited for this card. I mean, I'm so excited. I feel like I have a connection to every fighter. You know what I mean? I feel like I, I'm like involved in their story, which is great what the UFC is doing with social media and all these training videos are coming out. Anatomy of a Fighter. Cody Garbrandt's got his own training thing. Tyron Woodley's got his own film crew. The UFC, the way they're promoting it, promoting certain guys and stuff. I feel like I have a connection to all of them. So, I'm so excited, but let's the main cards kicking off with Cody Garbrandt, who's 11 and two. He's a minus 170 favorite versus Pedro Munoz, who was 17 and three. He's a plus 140 underdog. I love this fight. I think this is a really good fight for Cody um, to come back to. I believe they offered. I heard rumors that they offered Cody four different fighters, and he picked this, handpicked this fight. He seems to be in good place. You know, he's only got two losses. The kid's a young kid. I think he's got some of the best boxing. Not just in his weight class, in pure boxing and MMA, he's smooth. He, you know, he's smooth. He has good head movement. I just don't know what he's doing. You know, he's very emotional in the TJ fight, especially the second fight. First fight, he looked good. He was slipping a lot of stuff. Caught TJ at the end of the round. Got clipped himself. There's a downside to Cody Garbrandt. It's he, maybe he gets a little too emotional, but also his chin's a little a little suspect as well. He's been knocked out as an amateur. Been knocked out twice now as a as a professional. I know that's not two clean knockouts, but basically they are. He got rocked pretty good by TJ. Pedro's uh, is a great on the ground, tough, tough as nails. Throw some pretty wild shots. He's he's a little loopy. He's a little crazy. Cody is really in the pocket, slips, dips, and throws perfect punches as fast as can be. I see him lighting Pedro up. I think it. I think hopefully, 
I don't like how Alpha Male doesn't have a lead guy yet. I know it's Chris Holdsworth or I know it's Danny Castillo. I, you know, I, the, when Buckholz left, I think the production of some of these guys went down, right? And I think Cody Garbrandt, when he won the world title against Dominic Cruz, was one of my all-time favorite performances by any fighter. He had Justin, Justin Buckholz in his corner. Those no longer exist. So um, my, my pick's Cody Garbrandt. Minus 170. I like that number next to his name. I like the... I like him as an, he's actually, he's dropped a little bit. He's a minus 155 now. I really like that number next to Cody Garbrandt. Pedro Munoz, though, is going to come out swinging. He's got some decent hands. Um, it's it, it's a little unorthodox. It's a little wild, but, I mean, he could clip Cody. Cody's chin isn't the best in the world. Hopefully, you know, he seems to be very calm for this fight. Hopefully, he comes out and just flows and, and really lights the world on fire with, with his skill because he's so, so talented. And, and it's one of the guys I'm invested in. You know, I, I didn't realize how big of a, Cody fan I was. We're Ohio boys. We got to stick together. But, uh, yeah, I'm really invested. I think Cody Garman has all the talent in the world. And I think, uh, you know, those two setbacks at TJ were huge. And I think, uh, I think hopefully, you know, we're, 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 those two setbacks are for a big comeback. I think the guy is, I mean, what he did to Dominic Cruz was so unbelievable. If you haven't seen that fight or haven't seen it in a while, go watch it. All right, next up, you got Tisha Torres, who is 10 and 3. Versus, she's a plus 100 underdog versus Waleed Zhang, who's 18 and 1, who's a minus 130 favorite. Not much analyst for this fight. I I, I got to kind of cruise it along here. I like Zhang. I think Zhang's going to be more well rounded. Tisha Torres doesn't seem like she pulls the trigger too much um, on some of these bigger fights. So she's very tough out. She's not going to get finished. She's a very durable girl, been around for a while. Um, but Zhang, I think, is on another level right now. I think she's a killer. I think she's better everywhere. So I'm picking Zhang as a slight favorite. Uh, I do not have anything written down here. Women's fights can go any which way, so I would probably avoid that. Unless you want to bet it, you can bet Tisha as the underdog, but I, li- I like Zhang, uh, Zhang to win that. Next up, you got Robbie Lawler, who is 28-12, who's a plus 225 underdog, versus Ben Askren, who's 18-0 and 1, who's a minus 285 favorite. Uh, you know, I, I've expressed my disinterest and interest in Ben Askren. He's been like a roller coaster to me. I've been up and down on him. Um... People who, like Robbie from Barstool, right? I don't know if Robbie's ever really seen Ben Askren fight. Um, he's all over Ben Askren's nuts because Ben Askren is hes like kind of like lightning bolt. He's kind of dorky, but he's saying the right things. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's all these things. You know, He's got the crazy curly hair. Great wrestler. Uh, undefeated. 18-0. He's a good horse to back. However, I don't think people have seen, many people, fans, have seen uh, Ben Askren fight. He's not the most appealing guy in the world. He really isn't, right? He's going to be going takedown after takedown after takedown until he gets it. Robbie Lawler's a killer. Robbie Lawler's never been known for really um, having the best takedown offense. He's very athletic. He's powerful. He's explosive, but he can get taken down. I mean, that's I mean, he he, he has decent takedown offense, but it's not world class. I think Robbie Lawler needs to come there and be Robbie Lawler. I think he needs to throw some knees, like he get again did against Joey Villasenor. Guys, a hard name to say. I want to see him throw huge uppercuts, big bombs. I want to see Ben Askren get hit. I'm picking Ben Askren to win. But I have a little money sign next to Robbie Lawler. I think that's an interesting bet there. Everyone's going to be picking Ben Askren because he's never lost. His skill set's very unique. It's very Khabib-like. It's very grinding. It's not, you know, he gets on top and he, and he just wears on you. And then these little-ass punches will make you stop. He's got good submissions as well. I can see him maybe submitting Robbie with an arm triangle choke. That's usually his go-to as well. When he gets on top, he gets mounted. He kind of jumps that side. He's got a hell of a squeeze. Strong guy. Very, uh... Very, he's hard to he's hard to look at and be like, oh, this guy's a huge presence because he's not the most, you know, imposing guy in the world. But he's he's legit strength and one of the best wrestlers ever to fight in the UFC. 
or MMA for that matter. So I'm picking Askin. I'm going with the popular pick, but I like I like the money on Lawler. Next up, co-main event, you got Tyron Woodley, who is 18-3-1. He's a minus-185 favorite. He's fighting Kamara Usman, a.k.a. Marty from Nebraska, who's 14-1 and a plus-150 underdog. Um, he has since slightly went down. Kamara Usman is a plus-135 underdog now. I'm surprised by that because every expert's picking Tyron Woodley to win. I'm shocked by that. Um, I know Tyron's gotten better, but does anybody, does anybody remember the Jake Shields fight? Does anybody remember the Roy McDonald fight? Does anybody remember the first Wonder Boy fight? Tyron's not the most aggressive guy. He backs up. He's on the cage. He likes to look for that right hand. He fights at his own pace because he can't fight at a really high pace. He'll gas out. The Kevin Gaslam fight's a perfect example. He got a little tired in that fight. Kevin Gaslam is is, is a version of Kamaru Usman. Good striking with good wrestling, but I think Kamaru's better, bigger, stronger at everything. Kamaru's going to hunt. Woodley down. He's going to throw some strikes. Kamaru is a little slower on the hands. Hopefully he doesn't get caught with a big right hand like Darren Tillhead did. But I think Kamaru is going to do a lot like he did against RDA. He's going to be in Woodley's face. Be in Woodley's face. I think just the striking alone, he could beat Woodley in striking. He'll mix in his wrestling. I don't know. You know, Tyron Woodley's a D1. He's D2. There's been a lot of talk of that this week. But I'm taking Marty from Nebraska. I can't not take my boy. That's right. Underdog Marty from Nebraska, a.k.a. Kamaru Usman. Uh, I had him written down at plus 150. However, he is plus 135. I get it in early. I think that's going to change a little bit. He, it, it might go up. When people arrive in Vegas and they see Tyron Woodley, four-time defending champ, my, minus 165, they might be interested in that. So <clears throat> who, who knows? Next up, main event, John Jones versus, who's 23-1. Uh, and He's a minus 880 favorite. He's fighting Anthony Smith, who was 31-13. He was a plus 525 Underdog. Some places have him on a plus 600 on it as well. Jones is high as 1375. Oh, man. You guys know I like Anthony Smith. I love the story. I love the turnaround. I love everything he's doing. He's saying the right things. He's an intelligent guy. He's smart. However, I think John Jones is going to bulldoze him. I really do. I think the minute it touches the floor, it's going to be over. I think John's too strong, too powerful. Uh, his ground and pound is something, uh, something else. Anthony Smith. Uh, didn't overly impress me in the Vulcan Newsman fight. I think he gassed out and he looked okay on the ground, but he did get hit a little bit. He was a little too comfortable on his back when Vulcan took him down. John's going to be able to take him down whenever he wants. Anthony Smith, the only way he's going to win if he gets really wild, right? If he, if he catches John with some wild shit. John's such a smart fighter. I think he's expecting that. I think John knows his path to victories to get this fight to the ground. I see John finishing this fight in the first round. I think it's going to be a huge win for John, a big statement win. Probably could look out the calling out Brock Lesnar, maybe DC again. I know there's been talks about that. All right, so I try to make it as quick as possible. There are my picks, my lock of the night. I mean, it'll be easy to say John Jones, but I'll give you John Jones lock of the night, and then I'll give you, um, let's go, uh, let's go, uh, Charles Bird. Now, Charles Bird, underdog lock of the night. Kamar Usman, underdog lock of the night. Those are my most confident locks of the night. John Jones and. Polana Viana. Polana Viana kicking off the card. She'll, uh, she'll destroy Sheffers just like she did the guy to try to rob her. So, sorry for this being real quick. Sorry about that. I didn't have a guest. If my guest that I don't want to out his name until he comes on until he can introduce himself. If he is listening, I apologize that we could not get together on Wednesday. We'll definitely do it again. This is a huge card. I had to put this out. So, enjoy the fights. I'll talk to you guys next week.